And welcome back into the Canucks and Pucks podcast. Another episode coming on uh, after the Canucks based officially started the offseason this week. Uh, Jim Benning coming on and talking about a bunch of stuff on his interview on uh, Sportsnet 650. uh, Talking about a few things. I'm back in with my co-host Dan. How are you doing today? Uh, It is uh, NFL Sunday, so I am sure I'm not the only person who's kind of happy to be talking about sports and, and, you know, our topic today is amazing and uh, yeah, I'm just uh, really happy to be doing that. Yeah, so today we're going to dive into the offseason a bit, uh, play GM and uh, we'll have unveil a new segment called uh, uh, if you were the GM so we'll we'll kind of present uh, this week we'll present uh, Dan's take on it I'll I'll be taking on that next week um, and then we're going to have a few guests on maybe to have their takes on it as well so so Dan take it away on uh, be a GM basically what would you do for the Canucks uh, in this offseason what would be your lineup as we go through because there's a lot of movement that's probably going to happen throughout this offseason Awesome. Awesome. I appreciate it. And then thanks for giving me the, the uh, soapbox, by the way, for people who are struggling with the smoke and everything out there, um, you know, that now's a good time to wear masks and, um, yeah. you know, just uh, yeah. be safe out there. Please, everybody be safe. Uh, 2020 is just throwing us curveballs. Um, so, you know, the way I approach this myself um, as I went through this, I wanted to cap friendly. I looked at what the Canucks have, what they don't have, what they wanted to build, where you want to go, who's what, what side are different are different players on, uh, and such. Uh, you know their wings and that. Um, my my first thought was that I I really feel like the the top six, Besser Tafoli on the on on the wings, um, Pedersen, Horvat, Miller, Pearson. I really feel like they actually. Um, and, and even, to be honest, even Adam Gaudet, they earned the right to come back and see this through over the next two or three seasons. I think that they, they showed that that's the right core, that that's the right, you know, that's the right center group to go with. Even, even if you're going to keep Beagle, um, you know, I, I felt that he didn't play terribly. Um, we know that the bottom six needs some work, and we're going to talk about that. But I, I really felt like they would come, that they had the right to come back. And, you know, so we know that uh, Miller, um, Miller, Pedersen, Pearson, Horvat, and Besser are locked in. And so that's why I, I, I went, you know, I, I felt that Toffoli is, is a big part of it. A lot of people are talking, you know, $6 million. Um, I actually think you could get him like a 5.9. And you could tell him like, look, it's the same number as Brock. And Brock's a young up-and-coming star. Like, it makes a lot of sense. And I think he would probably be okay with that. I think you could uh, go out and, and get Adam Gaudet um, as a center. Um, but that's where I, I started was keeping that top six together because I felt like they really earned the right, uh, especially with the way that Toffoli came back in the postseason and him expressing that desire to want to stay. It's very rare to find a top six that, that has that ability and we've seen it win games for the Vancouver Canucks this season and in the postseason versus being a detriment to them. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, Adam Gaudet uh, and Vertanen, I mean, Gaudet, he didn't have the best uh, playoffs, but I mean, for production wise on the numbers side, but I mean, I think he was quite noticeable as the playoffs went on with his energy. And I think most of the time it's just his wingers that kind of let him down on that and why he couldn't produce enough. Um, and Vertan and as much as we rag on him, he has earned a bit of a raise on his contract because of his regular season. I mean, he did score 18 goals. He had a career high in points. 
Um, so, I mean, I think he's still going to be that type of player in that 50 to 20 goal range, as much as everyone kind of saying, you know, he's, he's supposed to be doing a lot more, um, you know, and comparing him to Alex Tuck and stuff. I mean, but Tuck's still a different player. I mean, he's got a bit more, I don't know what it is. I haven't dug deep into what the comparable and why Alex Tuck's having more success than Vertanen, but I think, yeah, he has earned the right to have a bit more money on his, on his contract as well. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's why I think I took that, I, I took that approach of, of, I think players have earned those, um, the rights to, 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 to be there like Tyler Mott, um, you know, Jake for and I'm, I'm not sure of, I think I would, you know, I, the way I have him penciled in right now is, is, uh, you know, like a one or $2 million deal, a show me deal. Um, I believe that Hoglander is the right guy to come in and play on the left wing with, Godet and if Levo uh, again a show me deal of 1.5 million which seems to be pretty consistent with what everybody else says I think that leaves you with a top line of your lotto line Horvat to Foley which uh, I'm glad Travis Green finally decided to put them together for you know which was almost too late in the series uh, and then it leaves you with Hoglander Godet Levo and then uh, a fourth line of Mott Beagle Vertanen but what it does is, especially with Mott and Vertanen and their speed, as long as Jake can pr- produce, um, it, it, it supplements Beagle's um, speed. Uh, and what I mean by that is we know that Beagle isn't the fastest skater, but it sure helps with that. But then people would say, well, what about the penalty kill when you're, when you're losing players? Um, you know, we know about Mott and Beagle. I think this is the year that you have to allow players like Patterson. Um, we hear about Horvat. Um, we know Pearson can kill penalties. Uh, Levo um, should be back too. But I think this is the year that you know, we know how good uh, 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 we know how good a uh, uh, center Patterson is and how good defensively he is. I think he's exactly what's needed on that on the on the on the penalty kill um, that can come in and, and create some turnovers. So um, for the forward group, I know it doesn't seem like it's a big uh, difference, and it's not. Um, but but it's on the back end that uh, I think that we we needed to see change, and this is where I really went to ham. And again, my my whole uh, structure was on premise of not bringing back Tanev, not bringing back Markstrom. Um, you know. Uh, are giving them the cap room there, um, but moving Berchi, uh trade, making a couple trades. Um, you know, you would still have um, uh, Roussel on the, on the roster, but also trading Sutter um, away. And I know we, you know, we'll talk about that. So maybe that's a good chance to get into um, is is the trade of of uh, Brandon Sutter. Yeah, I wrote an article uh, that dropped yesterday and about Brandon Sutter and trading him away and. I, I listed a, a three teams that I thought that would um, benefit from his services. I mean, I got a little bit, you know, people kind of disagree when looking at rebuilding teams, uh, obtaining veteran forwards at, you know, the price that Brandon Center is. Um, you know, I, I kind of noted uh, New Jersey Devils, Ottawa Senators, and then the Montreal Canadiens as teams that could uh, use him. I mean, the thing is about me is that with young teams, they need veteran leadership. And a lot of those teams don't have that. And Sutter does bring that penalty killing, that uh, face-off prowess that, you know, those three teams kind of struggled with throughout the regular season last year. You know, Montreal kind of lost their bottom six, uh, quite a bit of their bottom six of the trade deadline. Um, one thing I kind of was thinking, you know, Montreal could sign a way less uh, contract and another player in free agency and not have to pay Brandon Sutter that 4 million. So, I mean, I don't know if they'd go for it, but 
I mean, in the end, these rebuilding teams, they do need that veteran presence, and Sutter does provide that. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, the Canucks went out and got a lot of glue guys before their their core matured. I think a team, you know, I, I have Buffalo potentially being interested in Brandon mm. Sutter. Um, and I know, um, you know, I mean, the whole reason we're doing this is is because, um, you know, J.D. Burke did his and, and I – you know, I really felt the team he put together uh, was worse than than what I'm what I'm about to share, yeah. uh, and even worse than this year's team that 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 just that just was eliminated. I don't even think those, that the team he put together. I, I'd be surprised if it made the playoffs, honestly. And I just think it's because you know, um, you know, he talked about getting a guy like Daniel Deno. Well, why are you bringing Deno from Montreal when you already have Brandon Sutter? I mean, really, yeah. what's what's the difference between yeah. those players? And, and you know, one thing about Adam Gaudet, people kind of ragged on him, but Gaudet has shown that he has improved at every opportunity he's been given. And yeah. again, he's going to get an offseason here to improve and get better. So likewise, you know, if you're the Buffalo Sabers and you're looking to bring in someone like you said. Um, this is where a Brandon Sutter can come in and, and maybe Canucks retain a million of their salary of his salary. Right. Yeah. Um, and it allows to, it allows for some flexibility for them, but, but he is a, a guy that can come in and he doesn't have to have that big workload again, because you know, the major workload is still going to go to, to, to Eichel, Reinhardt, you know, that sort of thing. So yeah. I think that's kind of where I, I made that trade. I, 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 you know, I, I would look to find, um, you know, a, a suitor for Roussel, but if you can't, it's not going to hurt you. He fits into this cap space. Um, you know, you know that you got Cole Lind uh, ready to come in on the forwards there. Um, but again, with, with Berchi, um, as well as Louis Erickson. Now this was a fun one. This mm-hmm. is a fun one for me because now I'm going to, I, I made a mistake. Um, he still owed $5 million after this $3 million payout coming up on the first day of, of free agency. I don't think the Canucks have any choice but to send him down to the AHL. And then he has to decide whether or not it's better for him if he can earn the same money playing full-time in Europe or playing in the A and sending him down to the American Hockey League regardless, even if they don't play. Yeah. And I, I think you have to try and ask him to cancel his contract. If they ask him to cancel his contract right now, I've got a million dollar cap savings by sending him down. Hopefully he'll cancel his contract and maybe he'll go to Europe and he can play three seasons and get his $5 million there. Because, yeah. you know, that, I think that's possible. But at this moment, I just have him sent down. Um, and, uh, but that's, that's kind of how I have, have this kind of set up. We know the Canucks have some, um, you know, some horses in, in reserve too. So um, on the forward. So I think they're pretty solidly set up. And they're coming in really familiar. Remind me a lot of, of how Chicago, after their, their uh, four-game sweep at the hands of the Red Wings in 2009, came back with pretty much the exact same team in 2010, right? Yeah. And so, but this is where I think where the difference is going to be with the Canucks on their defense. Um, so, again, like I said, I don't have, I don't have them, um, uh, you know, I, I don't have them with uh, uh, Markstrom. And what I went out and did was I took that money from Tanev and Markstrom and I put $8 million into Alex Petrangelo and $8 million at four, for four years, $8 million this season over four years. And the reason that I have that there is that uh, it isn't just that he's a captain of a Stanley Cup champion. He's a right defenseman and that, you know, right side defenseman. I think the reason that I have that there is he brings a 
a stability in the back end that that they just lack and it gives you uh, a pairing if you're going to bring in Rathbone and you levy which I believe is entirely in their in their cards I think Rathbone will get moved over to the right side I know he's a lefty but I think you know it, it's not as hard for him uh, because I've been looking it up he has played off off uh, off defense um, in college and that. I don't think it's that big a deal for him. He's such a good puck moving defenseman that I believe he can make that transition. So you've got Hughes with Petrangelo, Edler with Rathbone, and you'll levy with Myers. And I believe that that, you know, health, knock on wood, health, health uh, you know, withstanding there, um, you know, that's as that's, that's pretty reasonable uh, defensive core in today's NHL as you're going to get. I would love to have gotten Tory Krug, but I don't think the Canucks are going to be able to match what he's going to be getting offered. And, you know, they're so deep on, on the lefty that uh, Petrangelo, a guy with that type of experience coming in and being a part of, of what he's already seen, I think it just adds to the, to the core on the defense. And it's just going to be a treat to, to put, you know, if they go that route to uh, get Petrangelo and go down, go down that road. Yeah. I mean, looking at that, at that, uh, seeing Petrangelo there, I mean, you know, he had to make some tough decisions on, you know, trading, trading Stetcher because Stetcher's not in your lineup there. Um, you know, letting Tanev go, letting Markstrom go because you need that. I mean, to sign a guy like Petrangelo, you have to have the money to do it. And, and you know, getting, you know, I'd like to have your thoughts of who, who the Canucks actually got for Stetcher, um, you know, in, in a trade, because I mean, that's something that has been thought about in the past and uh, what he would return in a trade. Yeah, no, I, I think you're probably going to get like a, a fourth or a fifth rounder for him. I don't, mm. I don't think you're going to get a lot. Um, and I think it's okay to move on from them. I mean, look, the, like I said, the goal is the goal is to get better. And if you're and if you're more comfortable having Edler and Stetcher out there together than moving Rathbone, who clearly, you know, no offense, but Jack Rathbone is clearly um, at, at a at a is playing at a at a high level already in university. Um, you know, I don't think it's going to be hard for him to come in and, and play at a solid level. I just think that your, 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 your goal is to improve. And in this case, you know, you can get a fourth or a fifth rounder for, for Stetcher. Um, again, if you don't like Jake for Tannen, if it, if, if you, you know, if you're comfortable, um, you know, if you're comfortable saying, no, we need to move on from Jake too, then, you know, we could find someone else on that fourth line that provides, you know, those, you know, that versatility, but Jake, the, the, the advantage of having Jake on your team is that. And I think that, you know, um, you know, Troy's going to get a good payday, you know, he's probably going to get three yeah. and a half million. And it's just, it's just the Canucks just can't, they're, they're just, the cap isn't there for it. So the sacrifice is that, if you bring in Petrangelo, worst case scenario, and, and you're not too comfortable with Yulevi and Rathbone, you can still go with a top four of Hughes, Petrangelo, Edler, Myers. And you can ride those horses, which is why I went this route, is that with Rathbone and Yulevi, you can, you can limit the numbers or limit their, their minutes and help them, help them um, you know, uh, adjust to, to that game. And uh, again, for me with Stetcher, yeah, yeah, you let him go. Like I said, I had, I had on, on goaltending, I, I actually had the Canucks trade for Carter Hutton as well from uh, mm -hmm. Buffalo because I believe that they've got, um, I, I think that they've got a, a player they're pretty darn uh, happy with. So, but uh, yeah, that's my, that's my Canucks. I wish I was as refined as, as other people as they go <laughs> through this, you know, I'm not, but um, 
you know, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm, you know, basically their cap right now sits at 70. What is it here? What do I have here? Uh, the cap would be 79.893. So that they'd have a uh, cap space of $1.6 million, mm. which would, which would give them um, a reasonable, you know, gives you reason, reason to, to, to go through. But again, I gave Jake 2.2. I gave Tyler Mott 1.8, um, Levo 1. Um, 1.2 actually not 1.5 at 1.2 because he's he's got you know because of his injuries and such but you know uh, you know I'm not the coolest guy I know they've got uh, I know well I mean you got to plan for the future too right where does that where does that leave you afterwards it still leaves you room to sign Hughes or sign Hughes and Pedersen to to fairly large contracts because you've got a lot of dollars coming off the books um yeah, after next season like a lot of dollars coming off yeah. the books after next season yeah because um Edler's contract's done after this yeah. season um yeah. yeah so I mean that's a big big chunk and the thing is is like I want to go a little back to what you're talking about JD Burke's uh lineup there um you know he traded Besser and I mean he looked at his lineup Besser's not there Levo is in the second line winger spot I don't think Levo's a top six forward um, you know, he's putting them there on a line. Now you've like you said, it's, I think that team doesn't make the playoffs, uh, you know, with that top six. I mean, well, you haven't as, really improved. You haven't really no, improved the defense didn't. by bringing in Dumba and you've actually lost. Like, I believe the trade was Vertanen. It, it was Vertanen and Besser and a pick for oh, Matt Dumba. Geez. Like, like that's, that's what the trade was. And I just thought to myself, I don't think you have to do that at all. I think you, you, you and, and, but it, of course his was, was predicated on signing Markstrom. And this is why I keep going back to this. And I keep going back to why the Canucks can't and should not sign Jacob Markstrom is, yeah. is, you know, their goaltending right now would be 1 million. And if, and if uh, with, uh, 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 with Di Pietro and if they can get a, a, a goalie like Carter Hutton there, um, you know, you're only spending like four or five million. Your goaltending should only be, honestly, should be six to eight million dollars of your salary cap, period. Right. Yeah. And 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 the thing is, is that if you lose Demko, you just two goalies in that. Like you can re-sign Thatcher Demko because next year is his is one of his years. You'll be able to re-sign him for three million, like yeah. three and a half. You'll be able to get him for three, three and a half. And you've got a goalie at a young age who is, is only going to get better versus, and, and I hate to say it this way, cause I'm not, you know, it's, I love the guy. Like I love um, uh, uh, Jacob Markstrom. I, I'm, I'm just, I root for the guy because he was picked so high and, and, and his career was almost ruined in, in Florida, but um, he's, he's injured um, and, and while he saves your bacon, guess what? Thatcher Demko's done the same thing. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't sit there. And, and, and if you have to, because basically what you're saying is if you sign Jacob Marshall, that deal, you're basically saying to the rest of your team, look, we aren't good enough to win. We'll get Thatcher Demko. And now we're going to augment to make the team better. Right. Yeah. Um, I know teams are going to be better. I believe it wasn't like my original target, but I believe what Petrangelo brings to the Canucks is size, toughness, leadership. He brings the components on the back end that when you need a guy out there to log some really tough minutes, he can do that, right? He can, he can, he can make those plays. 
and and I just think that that's super super important um, on the back end versus um, having a kind of semi soft um, top six that is once again aside from your top line it's going to struggle like if i look at this right now and if players just play to what they should do right so let's just let's just go through the, my lineup now okay and let's go through the projected goals just based on what we've seen them do the last couple of years so let's just say that Brian, uh, let's just say that jt miller gets what say 25 goals is that reasonable is that yeah, too high should we say i say or should we say reasonable. 20 yeah i'd say 25 okay. is reasonable for a whole season yeah Okay, and then Patterson's probably 25. Yeah, Besser's I'd say upwards maybe 30. Um, okay, but, get, you know, but 25 but, but again, is reasonable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about reasonable. Let's talk like so people don't go, all well, these guys are crazy. <laughs> that's, the, that's that's what this is. This is the whole point of this, right? Yeah, so yeah. then Brock, Brock Besser's 25 goals for sure, right? Yeah, so your top line gets you 75 goals. Then we move on to the second line of Pearson, Horvat, Toffoli. So Pearson probably gets what 15. 15, yeah. Okay. Horvat gets, what, 15? I would say 20. He's been consistent 20 over the, his career, so I say 20. Right. Okay. So then I'll go 20. And then Toffoli gets, what, 20 to 25? So we'll, yeah. let's, just say, let's just say 20. Let's just say 20 to be safe. Yeah. I mean, he should get 20. He should get 25 because <laughs> of the power play and everything. Yeah. But why you go through this exercise said because this is this is why it's so important right so now you got 75 goals on your first line and now you've got uh 60 goals on your second line yeah right okay now josh levo probably good for 10 goals right 10 yeah okay godette's probably good for 15 15 especially with, and, with the skill he's got on that line now then yeah and then hoglander's probably good for 10 goals 10 Okay, so now you've got a third. Now you got a third line that scores fifteen and 20, 35 goals. Yeah. Okay, so keep watching this because this is this is what's really important. And then Mott, Beagle, Vertanen, probably you know Mott's probably going to get two to three goals. Yeah. Beagle will get two to three, and Jake will move up and down the lineup. But let's say Jake gets ten. Yeah. Okay, so now you've got a, a you know a third line that gets you fifteen goals. So 75, 60, 30. So what is that? 75, 60 is uh, 135, 155. And then so you're, you're looking at about 180 goals from your forwards right now, yeah. which is pretty reasonable. And, and we're, we're being conservative in our number. Yeah. Most other teams that are out there, right? And then we know that Quinn Hughes will probably get, you know, 50 points we'll say, Um, you know, I would expect that um, the the rest of the defense will probably be in that 30. I said Petrangelo, Edler, I don't know. It's hard for Rathbone, Levy, but we know Myers. So they're probably around, you know, 25 points, right? Yeah. So, you know, Canucks will be, the Canucks will be right, right in there with, with most of the goal scorers that, and the most goal, most of the goal scoring teams that are, that are in there. But again, we're being like super conservative because we've taken like eight goals away from Jake. We've, um, and, uh, when we've taken, you know, even Gaudette, we've, we've kind of, we've kind of lowered goal expectations and we've yeah. taken some goals away from Bo. We've taken some goals away from Toffoli. Um, but I, but you have to take goals away to help you just understand that worst case scenario, a, a solid playoff team. Yeah. If, if everything goes right, 
you're 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 probably competing for the division. Yeah, hundred percent. And the thing is, and that's what that's what kind of looks at so. you know how important to get Tyler Toffoli assigned. I think um, is to have that top six return um, as strong as it was. And you know, you look at you look at the division and you know the teams that are in it. Um, you have to deal with Vegas again. Um, you know, and I don't know how much Calgary's going to improve, how much Edmonton's going to improve. Um, you know, you're looking at well, I those suspect, teams, you know. I, I suspect Edmonton will be a much better team next year, but yeah. only because only because Philip Broberg and um, Evan uh, uh, Evan uh, Bouchard will, will definitely be playing on defense, will be playing for them. Like, they, they cannot yeah. – they can't come back without those guys in their lineup next year. Like, they, they literally can't. If Edmonton comes back with – with you know not having those guys in the lineup and just going out into free agency and and spending big chunks of dollars on and, and not that Petrolangelo Petrolangelo just fits very well into Vancouver in my opinion based on 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 how the defense is. Yeah. I'm not saying that he 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 couldn't go to to Toronto or Edmonton or whatever, but but those teams are in such defensive messes and the overpay that they'd have to do it just leaves them so susceptible. Um, I know what you're saying. You don't know how, like, Calgary's on, on a downswing. I mean, they've got, like, TJ Brody, Travis Hamanick. They've got a lot of players that, that, aren't, that are not going to be um, uh, returning, and, and Calgary's going to be in trouble. I mean, right now, the, the, the team that the, – the only team right now that seems to be in a situation where, you know, Vancouver is, is going to be competing with, honestly, at this moment, is the uh, – um, it is Vegas. Like, Vegas, like yeah. I can't, I, yeah, honestly, like I, and I know that sounds bad, but it's just, you know, the, the, these, this play ins and, and what we've seen here has just exposed so much. I mean, Arizona is a mess. Yeah. Why that team isn't, why that team isn't in Quebec right now is beyond me. Like literally, literally beyond me. I, I cannot. And I, we really need to talk about that another time. <laughs> like but that is that is an organization that just should not be there and needs to be moved and needs to be moved fast um you know and then you you know the sharks and the kings are kings are kind of on the up and up uh, up and coming but they're still figuring some things out like right now um it's a two horse race in the division right now between vancouver and 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 vegas yeah i mean An anaheim is in that that same boat rebuild type uh trying to move on from Getzlav and Getzlav's still there. But um, like I, I was going through, I did a big article on Hockey Raiders too about going through all the teams and I'm looking at all the division and, you know, the Pacific division and a lot of them are a mess. I mean, in the fact that they're all in different stages of rebuild, except Vegas, um, different stages by retool and even Calgary you're looking at, you know, their whole top line had a really down year. I mean, they all kind of packed their point totals. I mean, <laughs> Well, there's there's a lot of talk that Goudreau may not be back, right? And yeah, that, that they just move on, that, yeah. on from them, and and yeah, I mean it's 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 hard to tell. Um, but uh, no, I, I agree with you, and I think this is why Vancouver has a really good opportunity here, and and, and again, it's why I say I believe that the that the top six earned the right to come back together. I believe that that Godet has earned the right to center a reasonable. Um, bottom uh, six or a bottom, you know, a third pairing or a third line. 
Yeah. And that's why I think a guy like Hoglander can come in and make, make a difference, or you can move Jacob and then move Hoglander down as he, as he gets used to things. But, but you know, the wings of Levo Mott, Hoglander, Vertan and give the Canucks some flexibility and they can move some players around and maybe, you know, like it just, these are the things that, that, you know, maybe God gets the right center and all of a sudden, you know, it just works really good with Pearson and Toffoli. Like who knows, right? Yeah. The, the bottom, the bottom line is, is Vancouver has flexibility in the lineup and they're, they're cap compliant and they're a better team with they're a better team this way than than they are if they bring back uh stetcher and and um and tanev and and then the reason i i say that is this um petra angelo is worth a chris tanev and a troy stetcher yeah. and 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 he's worth having in the lineup if demko and we and we're we know that demko can handle the load we know he can handle that so um you know, it's it's better for you overall to have a, a better rounded, more more complete team than a couple players that, as we've seen consistently throughout NHL history, when you have a kind of front loaded team, they very rarely, you know, they very rarely win. Like name yeah. the last one that yeah. that has done that. It's it's been <laughs> it's been a while since that is, and and you look back at some of the bigger teams that you know, had that top line and that's basically all they had. And the Tampa Bay had that a long time ago um, with their, their top line was taking up all the cap space and in their rest of their team, they had a hard time filling out. And that's what they don't win. Um, yeah. Just the high yeah. end. And Toronto's having that problem right now too. Um, and, and what did we hear? What did we hear about Florida all year? Once they signed Bobrovsky to that big contract, what, like every time a team signs a goalie to a major, major contract, they talk about how, well, no, no, they don't have much cap room. So as a, as a collective, um, we're all, we're all wondering about the, the, the Canucks and their cap and, Oh, they have a lot of cap problems, but let's go spend 6 million plus on a goalie. Yeah. that's 30 years that's 30 years old that's you, you know and, and again it's not meant to to be an a-hole about it it's just meant like that's just it has Reality. to well yeah something's got to give so the choice is if you're going to keep markstrom um then pretty much what you're basically saying is is we're going to keep relying on you and give up all these shots and, and go through what they went through which we know is not a sustainable option or you bring in again. You bring in a guy like Petrangelo. You you allow a guy like Furland to stay on the LTIR. You create yourself the space. You allow Tan Evan Stetcher to go. You let Markstrom go, and now what you do is you is you round out your roster with with talent. And and like I said, some guys have earned raises. And if you're like, well, I don't want to come back with Levo, and I don't want to come back with Tan, and that's fine. Like, go ahead. Don't don't come back with with them. But Godet has definitely earned the right to garner at least two seasons in Vancouver as the third line center. And if you want to find a couple other players that would be better than Levo and Vertan, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. I, I just put them in there because I know that the teammates like them and they want to, they, you know, they want to play well with them. But uh, yeah, so that's, that's my team app. That's what yeah. I got. And that's, that's <laughs> my, uh, that's, you know, my whole reasoning is, is, is your goal is to get better, not worse. And, and yeah. I don't think refining Jacob Markstrom makes you a better team. You know, we can sit there and say that he's the team MVP and he is, but he's the team MVP because, because no offense, Stetcher and, and I know Tanev had a reasonable season, but you've also got players like Jordy Ben and Oscar Fattenberg. And, and I, I know, you know, people will, will kind of, you know, well, but you're saying Rathbone and Yolevi. I'm telling you right now, 
Petrangelo with Hughes and Edler, if you had to put him with Myers, is far better for to rely on to prevent those sorts of nights than than bringing those guys back. Yeah, I and I mean I like I like the fact you know Yulevi and Rathbone. The thing is about them is they're puck movers and they're play drivers, and that's what the yes. Canucks need to succeed. You can't have all these, and that's the thing when you have your goaltender is your MVP for most of the season. I'm sorry, that's not a good thing. I mean, same thing with no. um. Same thing with the fact that, oh, you know, Edler and Tanev are top two shot blockers in the league. That's not a good thing. I mean, I mean yeah, yes, it's great. But you know what? That means you're giving up a ton of shots, having to block a ton of shots. You're better off having a team that has has the lowest shot blockers in the league and uh, giving up the lowest amount of shots. I mean, I, I, I totally know. agree. <laughs> no, no, no. You nailed it. You're, you absolutely – nailed it to the to the board that's a hundred percent it and that's why i, I included yulevi and rathbone is a hundred percent why yulevi is very astute smart knows how to move the puck knows how to move it up the ice and he does it well rathbone as as we've seen in college is a puck mover who like quinn hughes can take control, make a move, and push the puck up the ice. We look at Sam Gerrard and Kale McCarr in in uh, in Colorado, and they're down three one. And Kale McCarr and Samuel Gerrard take over that series, and they should have won that series. Yeah. Except for Dallas decided, hey, we can't beat these guys, so we better injure them because that's the only way we're going to beat them, right? Like like that's that's how valuable those players are. And to have, you know, solid – and we know that Myers is a puck mover as well. But yeah. to have an, two solid guys like Edler and Petrangelo that can can shoulder a lot of those loads. And, and, and again, I know this is probably Edler's last contract with Vancouver. This is – to me, this is a, a defense that will um, – you know, it, it will be, it's as good as, as, as what they could put together based on the, the cap and the circumstances that they have. Right. And, you know, it's, it's probably going to be better than most of the other defenses in their, uh, in their conference anyway. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, the thing is, is like, and that's the thing. I, the Canucks got a, assuming they, assuming they can get him, assuming they can get Petrangelo. Yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, you mentioned Tory Krug there too. And, yeah. You know, I think Boston's going to ultimately re-sign him. Um, you know, but, I mean, I think if you can't get Petrangelo, you got you go after a guy like him um, in it. So, I mean, you need – I think the Canucks do need think, another big uh, defenseman in that top four. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Tori Kruger is a big defenseman, though. I mean, Tori is a, is a puck mover, too, right? True. And you've yeah. already got those. I, and I just think that's where Petrangelo – makes a difference in terms of size. I mean, the reason everybody was so high, and I was high on Trampkin, glimpses of him being very effective as a, as a, as a, a big defender in the back, right? Yeah. And his agent gives him, gives him bad advice, and, and that ship has sailed. Like, it's gone. You know, you know, if someone else wants to take him on, I, if you can trade and get a reasonable draft pick or something for him, I totally do that at this point. But – Petrangelo, I mean, we, we've seen what he did and how he plays and what he does for the St. Louis Blues. And, and I'm just saying that, that I think that you could offer him a, a reasonable contract that he's seen the Vancouver Canucks up close. He knows what they're about. And he knows that the St. Louis Blues, no offense, but kind of that was the, the window or the door closing on them last yeah. year. 
it wasn't just the injuries. I mean, Joel Edmondson, no offense, but Joel Edmondson was just phenomenal for them. And, you know, that was a bit of a loss in all honesty for them too. Like it just, it's, everything has to go right. And, and um, I think the Canucks can sell um, Alex on, on the organization and then they can sell him on the team. And I think this is a defense they could sell. It does depend on Rathbone being able to make that, that slide from the left to the right D. But if there's a defenseman who has the ability to do it I do believe it's it's yeah. him because of his ability his skating ability and the way that he he moves the puck yeah um you mentioned that about uh you know selling the team to um you know to, to Petrangelo and I want to kind of talk about that a bit in the fact that the Canucks are becoming a team that te- that UFAs are wanting to go to um, a lot of the time it's been a, a struggle to kind of sell the sell Vancouver on these free agents but you look at the young team, and to fully said it pretty perfectly in his uh, interview, saying that he's seeing a, a special team here with the young guys, and he wants to be a part of it. Um, and that's the thing that Canucks have kind of changed that a little bit over the league is that they are a team that team that guys want to play on, and and that's a great thing for the Canucks in the long run, I think. Well, I sure think it speaks volumes about the management staff Uh, I think it speaks volumes about the players that they have in there and I speak I think it does speak volumes about um the culture of the team and and you know let's let's not kid ourselves I mean players talk they talk about cultures on teams they they talk about cities and and how things are um you know I'm not gonna sit here and say that a uh yeah, I don't know how to how to put it right. I'm not going to sit here and say that, uh, you know, uh, what one person says is, is more real than another. Uh, I just know that, um, you know, th- this sounds bad. It's not meant to sound bad. It's just I'm just presenting the fact of this. The Canucks have been in an upward trend since they let Trevor Linden go. They have been trending upwards ever since they started getting rid of these types of drama that have kind of come out and leaked out and 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 then you you see how twitter kind of twitter just gets all in a you know they get their heads and bees in a bonnet and you know all that stuff right and a lot of that has kind of gone away since jim benning has been in you know quote unquote control and the players are happy they love it here um the coach is happy he loves it here everything seems to be trending in this direction of, of unity, if that's how you want to put it. And I think that goes a long way. I think that goes a long way in, in, in uh, decisions of, of free agents, not just being able to play with Pedersen and Besser and, and Quinn Hughes and, and such, you know, it's, it's, it's a whole collective of, of everything, especially now with COVID and, and, you know, you, you know, financially, you got to watch what, what, you know, your finances and that, and Vancouver is is a, a destination that teams will want to go to because they know that those kids are going to be there a while and they've got this window. They've seen what's happened with teams like um, uh, L.A., uh, Chicago. Uh, they saw, you know, when Pittsburgh, again, hit their stride, like Phil Kessel. Would anybody have ever thought Phil Kessel after leaving Toronto would have won two Stanley Cups and been yeah. a key part of that? Like no one whatever right um and that's 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 why I'm, I'm i'm going down this road with you and, and why and answering the question way is there a destination because the management is stable they're going down this road because the players are stable and they're going down this road because the culture in the organization is one that players want to be a part of 
Yeah. And I think that those are things that are super, super important in helping um, players when they make decisions. And if you've won a Stanley Cup, and maybe you don't want to win another one, then maybe Petrangelo will want to go elsewhere. But if you want to be a part of a core that probably, and again, this is just me, you know, probably going to win three cups in the next five to seven years, then, you know, why not be a part of that and, and help get those players there and, you know, create some memories um, in a, in a space where, you know, the foundation of how good the team is uh, morally and, you know, it's just, they're such a good team. It's ridiculous. I've I've never, it just, it just blows me away about how um, good a human beings these, this team is honestly. And the thing is, is that the leadership group is, is phenomenal in that. And that's who's led this team. And you look at like Bo Horvat, Elias Patterson, Queen Hughes, they're all these, they're great guys. They're great in the room. You look at the camaraderie they have and why wouldn't you want to be a part of that? Um, yeah. You know, that type of a, a team. And I think the playoffs kind of put an exclamation point on that. I mean, we knew that's what the team was, but it got more, pre- I'd, say pre- I'd say press coverage um, nationwide in that. And now almost every team knows what they are. And, well, and yeah, no, that's a great comment. And again, last year, the reason it was so easy to cheer for the Blues was was uh, and and if I got her name wrong, sorry, but Layla, right? I mean, what? Yeah. And this 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 girl that's been through so much, and the team, you know, they rally around her. Like, how could how could you not? Sorry, but like I was cheering for the Blues. Like, yeah. it was so nice to see that because you know, you know that they're not just doing it for themselves. They're doing it for a person who's just a good human being. And it's like something that we've lost. I don't know. It just feels like this year we've just lost that. And that's why I think we feel so latched onto this team. So roundabout, that's where I think that players will really want to be a part of this team is because of that, because there are not, you know, there's not a lot of like internal issues within the organization there's not a different vision. They know very clearly where they're going. You know, Jim Benning said he's not going to go hardcore into the free agency as well. And that's another reason why yeah. I, I, I built my lineup this way is pretty much they're only br- going outside the organization for what, two, three players. That's it. Yeah. And the rest are internal, right? With Colin probably now being um, on, on the, the roster to come in for injuries and that and, and, and be, uh, you know, like that's what we're going to see. That's what we're going to see from this team. Um, whether or not they go this route, uh, you know, obviously we'll find out, you know, free agency. But I really hope that they uh, take that opportunity to go after, uh, to go after Petroangelo and, you know, Markstrom's going to get his big payday. He'll, he'll probably get his six to $7 million, you know, probably no offense. He'll probably get it from the avalanche. That's where I expect yeah. Markstrom to end up. I think that they, that, that very clearly, um, you know, that's, that's something that, that kind of, I know Grubauer was good, but, but a guy like Jacob Markstrom um, could steal them games, you know, yeah. and, and, and just take them to the next level. And that's where I expect him to go. Um, and I think Tanev probably ends up in, Toronto. Toronto. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I do. I really do. And I think I, I Stetcher, so. yeah. And I think Stetcher will probably end up um, uh, with a team, you know, no offense, but probably Arizona or something, you know, that, that kind of still, you know, looking for a couple key players and, you know, maybe, you know, and I know that sounds bad, but I, I you know, I just think that that's probably what's going to happen here is, is, uh, you know, um, Vancouver is, uh, 
ready to take the next step with their internal players. That's why you only sign one-year deals with Levo. And to be perfectly honest, you do a, probably a one or two-year deal with Jake Vertanen and yeah. Adam Gaudet so that it's easy to move on from them if they don't turn out for you, right? Yeah, I think so too. And the thing is, is you know, it's unfortunate. You know, we heard, we've heard this past week about how the, the UFAs, Markstrom, Toffoli, Tanev, they all want to stay here. And, you know, it's unfortunate that the salary cap kind of puts that you know, in jeopardy, they can't stay. And, you know, to make make the team better, they probably shouldn't. Uh, and the thing is, is, you know, as much as we, we love them as human beings, we love them as players, and we want them to succeed. And they will get uh, their, you know, they will get chance to still play in the NHL somewhere else. And we'll still cheer them on from afar. And, uh, you know, they're, they're still great people and great, great players. But, you know, the dollars kind of get in the way sometimes. Well, it's a business, right? It's yeah. a business for everybody. That's that's why they do that. That's why, no offense, that's but that's part of the reason why we're in, you know, as a society, we're kind of in the challenges we're in is that dollars talk and when, when and, and this isn't political commentary, this is just <laughs> just the reality when a country like China is offering to produce your goods for a fraction of the cost of what you would do it here as an owner, it's dollars and cents. And yes, a lot of really good people lost their jobs to these manufacturing in, in China and the dollars talk. And so, you know, right or wrong, I'm not here to debate that. What I'm trying to say is right or wrong in keeping Markstrom, Tanev and Stetcher as much as you love them, the team will be better without them. They will be yeah. a better, more rounded team and taking that money and getting a guy like Petra Angelo that can come in and be a stabilizing force and take some of that load off of Alex Edler and give Myers the ability to play with a Yolevi. And, 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 you know, that's what the Canucks need. That's going to be a better team. And, and again, you know, the, it isn't just that the top six earn the be kept together that you, you you can clearly see that they're one of the top forward cores in, in offensive cores in the nhl and and to sit there and say well let's get rid of half of that yeah. you know let's let's take let's take you know all of those goals out of the lineup that's that's insane that's almost suicide to basically say we're going to take 50 goals out of your lineup and three roster spots and you're basically replacing it with nothing yeah and that that's the thing and I mean, we talked about, you know, Tanner Pearson. I, the thing is, is about Pearson in that top six. I mean, if the Canucks would move on from him and maybe get a better left winger, I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. But, I mean, I'm not opposed to him being in the lineup as well. So Yeah, no, uh, I totally agree with you 100%. I, I, man, if you could – the only reason that Pearson, I believe, has earned that right is when the Canucks need him the most, he did show up. Now, he, he ran sure. out of gas versus – uh, Las Vegas, but a lot of people um, ran out of gas versus yeah. Vegas, right? Um, at the end of the day, a Toffoli Horvat Pearson line is is probably the best second line, uh, or at least one of the best best second lines in all of hockey. It'd be very yeah. hard to, to top that. So so you know, and have the ability to move a Bess or a Miller down, or move players up, and you know, move players around to to create different line, mismatches that allow players to be in positions to succeed. That's what this lineup also allows Travis Green is it gives him options to um, manipulate the lineup to what he needs it to be. And, and um, he knows he can put players in positions to succeed. Right. And that's, yeah. to me, that's the most important thing is, is you have to have a team that, that can do that. And, you know, losing a Sutter, losing, you know, um, potentially a Roussel, 
Um, you know, but, but definitely moving on from a Louis Erickson, um, you know, like I said, you, you gotta put them in the minors, keep the hunt, yeah. take the million, take the million dollar cap <laughs> hit and figure some other things out. It's, it's the best, it's the best case scenario for Vancouver if they're going to succeed, um, you know, going into 2020, 2021. Yeah. And that's why I like you having Hoglander in the lineup too, is because he can, he's an offensive player. He's a good two-way guy too. And he's a guy that can go into that top six at times and he could create that mismatch um, as well because of his skill. So, I mean, I, I think that's a great, you know. actually, that's a, that's a huge point because I look at it. I mean, he's a left winger, right? Yeah. What if he, what if he comes in and he just clicks with, with Horvat and, 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 um, and uh and to Foley and and you know now you've got now you can slide Pearson down to your fourth line if you have to yeah right I mean you just you just have all these different combinations that you're capable of of working with and I think that's what I was really trying to accomplish here in a nutshell was you know obviously cap compliant um but try and move on improve the team make it better and put players in positions to succeed I mean again I know it's, it's human nature for us to sit there and go, oh, Hoglander is going to get like 20 goals and, you know, he's so good. And, and he <laughs> is, right? I mean, the thing is, is, is we've, we've kind of been spoiled a bit by Patterson, Besser, yeah. and Hughes and the success that they have. And, and Hoglander is not going to become that type. I mean, I'd be, I'd be plentifully surprised, and I've been high on Hoglander throughout. Um, I had him at, above Pod Colson at one point in my prospects rankings, and kind of gone down to earth a little bit since. Um, but I think Pod Colson is way is now like he's he's gonna be a great player in this league. And I agree. Uh, and the thing is is he's coming in this and next season and you know that adds even more depth to the to a lineup. And you know he could be that's another discussion. But I mean technically technically he could be available he could be available playoffs. Yeah he could be available for the playoffs once the KHL season ends. Right. Yeah. So once their actual KHL season ends and and his contract's done, he can sign and can play for Vancouver right away. Yeah. Like they literally do not have to wait um, for for him to come into the lineup for Pod Colson. But uh, I just want to go back to what you're saying about about Hoglander. Like, I, I, I agree with you. Like, I, the guy's got all these skills. We've seen him pull off the lacrosse goal. We've, we've seen him, you know, just make these incredible passes and plays. And he's super skilled and he's got drive and determination. We've seen that from a lot of players that come up and it looks like they're going to be amazing NHLers and sometimes it never pans out. My real hope with Travis Green here, and this is, this is, let's just suppose that the lineup I presented here makes sense. And it's, and it's a Gaudette, Hoglander on the left, Gaudette at center, Levo on the right, or, or, you know, let's, let's say they, I don't know how they switch up, but let's just say that's what it is. You put Jake there instead of Levo. Let's say you put Jake there. Okay. I do not want him to sit there and say, we have to have a line matching. I think, I think coaching and coaches, I think, there is line matching, you know, and we saw that with Ryan O'Reilly versus Pedersen. But, but the Canucks' success in the playoffs came from when they didn't try to match lines. Yeah. All they did was they said, go out there and score goals, boys. Just go out there and play your game. And that's what I want Travis Green to do with that third line. Just go play. You know how to play defense. You know how to do your thing. You know how to be defensively responsible. Continue to be defensively responsible. There's nothing wrong with that. And – go out there and just play your game and don't 
coach the offense out of them because yeah. too many coaches coach these offensive players. Like if Hoglander has all these skills, why would you tell him, I don't want you doing that out there. Make sure you check first. Like, like go out there because if they, if what if Hoglander can be, let's just suppose he does have a reasonable rookie campaign and he scores 20 goals. Yeah. I know that's high, but let, let's say it's even 18 goals or 17 goals. Right. I mean, how, how many of us would not be thrilled with that? Number one. Yeah. How many of us would not sit there and go, holy smokes, the depth of this team. If Gaudette improves his number to 15 goals, and let's say Jake stays at 15 goals. So now you got a line that instead of we projected, I think, you know, I think it was like 30 goals. Now yeah. they're at the 45, 50 goal mark for a third line. Like that's what that's you're really looking good. for. That's what you're looking for. That's what you want. That's what is ideally there. You're not going to go out and get that through free agency. You're not going to be no. able to fit it under a salary cap and create that circumstance. The, the solution's staring at you right here. But the only way to get that is to allow them to play and play their game, right? And, yeah. you know, and, and, and I will say this for Josh Levo, by the way. You know, from what I've heard from a lot of people, his injury is – he's not the fastest skater as it is. There's a very good possibility that he may not – like, he may – the injury may have – paced him out of the game because mm -hmm. because of how how severe it is so you know and we saw how fast it was in the playoffs there so you know you again you just Travis Green needs to stop because he he was out coaching himself there in that Vegas series terribly out coaching yeah. himself <laughs> and and when he just let things kind of naturally flow they flowed and things were fine that's what he needs to do here when they're constructing the team they need to stop thinking, I need a third line center to check. I think that's what really bothered me is, and this is what I'm hearing in the media, is they're all saying, oh, they need a third line checker who can check. They, they don't. No. Construct, a, construct a team that's going to go out and blow teams out 8, 9, 10, nothing. Like, I mean it, or 10-5 or 10-4 or something. Whatever, like yeah. That, right? Like, like, that's the type of team you should be constructing. Because then they're going to be so worried about trying to stop you from scoring that they're not going to score goals. Yeah. Because they're too busy defending. And is, is, I mean, th that is literally how some of the best teams in NHL history won their Stanley Cups. By having three or four lines that, with players that could score key goals at key times, yeah. And, 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 and this is why I say you can't re-sign Markstrom. You can't re-sign Tanev. You have to let them go. You have to move on from them. You have to take that $10 million and reinvest it in the team elsewhere. You need to move Brandon Sutter and reinvest it in the team elsewhere. And, and that's, you know, that is why my roster is constructed the way it is. Yeah. And I would say, you know, looking at a team like Tampa, the Tampa Bay Lightning, they've got a full lineup that can score. And, and you know, and that's, that's what we said. We've said it earlier about the top, having a top nine rather than a top six. And that's what the Canucks need is a top nine. And have your fourth line is that checking, grind out, whatever type line. And, you know, that's Mott, Beagle, and whoever else. That's their job to be that type of energy line. Make your top nine your all offense. They go out, try to score goals, and your fourth line kind of comes in there and is that energy line. It, and that's what I think the, the NHL needs more of is teams that have that, not this uh, checking type. 
Well, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm really upset with this year's playoffs because I hate it. It's yeah, it's, it's really bad hockey. Um, it's a, it should be the, the NHL should be ashamed of themselves. And literally, they should be ashamed of themselves that these, not, not Tampa Bay, Tampa Place Bay scores goals and they play hard and and they they don't go out to try and injure other players. But I mean, at one point, remember that what was the game? They were down to seven forwards. They were down to yeah. seven freaking forwards in one game because. The Islanders are just going out to just injure people. Like it's yeah. it's they should be ashamed of themselves that this is this is um you know something that that people should praise or, or or whatever you want to call it. Like you know if Jamie Ben has to go in a corner and knee Eric Johnson in 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 his knee to to make sure that that injury you know keeps him out the rest of the series, which it did. Why is Jamie Benn even on the ice right now? Yeah. To be perfectly honest, I, and I mean that sincerely, why is he even allowed on the ice? He yeah. literally, literally had one intention to injure a guy. No offense, I love Pavel, but there's no way that he should have finished the playoffs of Vancouver in 94 after KOE no. Churla. That was, that was just atrocious. I mean, we love him for it, and we think it was one of the best things in the world, <laughs> but really was it? I mean, that no. was pretty dang dirty. That was pretty darn awful. And he yeah. could have actually killed the guy. Yeah. So. And that's why, like, when the – it was up in the air of what – who was going to be in the conference finals and just saying for the NHL, for the best, you know, for the NHL, best thing for the NHL was to have a Colorado-Vancouver conference final. Yep. Or the hockey that they both play. Yeah. That would have been the best scenario for the game. And, of course, didn't happen. We get two of the – you know, I, I'm sorry. I've not watched much of this, uh, the, you know, getting Vegas, uh, Dallas to because of the fact I don't want to watch that type of. Well, I mean, Vegas and, plays, like I said, Vegas plays a very, you know, North South. They just throw the puck on the net all the time. And they're wondering why the puck's not bouncing for them. But it's like, if you're just going to throw the puck on the net all the time and that's all you're going to do, and you're never actually going to set up plays. I mean, people wonder why Vancouver scores so many goals. It's maddening at times. It really is. But that's the price of them being able to be one of the highest scoring teams in the league, right? Is yeah. they're not going to take as many shots. They're going to make sure that they are higher quality shots that they're capable of converting into, into goals. Um, you know, uh, you know, Dallas, Dallas doesn't even try to score. Like they yeah. literally Ken Hitchcock has to be coaching them right now. I know that it's Rick bonus behind <laughs> the bench, but there's absolutely no way that that's anyone but Ken Hitchcock underneath that 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 guard. In fact, in fact, I swear to God that at the end of it, at the end of it, Commissioner Bettman says, "Now let's really see who's coaching the Dallas Stars." <laughs> Pulls off Rick Bonus's mask, and it's Ken Hitchcock. And I would have got away with it too, you know. Like, like it's 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 absolutely disgusting that this is we've gone right back to 1998 hockey. Yeah, I and, I totally agree, and that's. Like I said, this is that was going to be the worst thing, and and seeing seeing the Islanders go through too, and as much as I like, you know, a lot of the, their players, they, I think they're an exciting. They have a lot of exciting players in their team, but the way they're coached is not that to that. And, and, and I, I hear you. I mean, it's hard to argue against the success. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. I mean, a team that has a guy like Noah Dobson, and, and they got Wallstrom in the wings. I mean, they've they've got so much talent and speed, and and basically, they're told, you know, unless you've got like basically a breakaway, don't, don't, don't try and do anything. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, like, like it gets to a point where you're like, this is unwatchable. And, and no offense, it's unwatchable right now. Yeah. It's, it really is unwatchable. And, and um, you know, I you think there was at, a good... Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying, you you know, on the radio the other day, the, the media was talking about how, and I think it was rightly so, you know, Vancouver is a very Canucks-centric market, maybe not as much of a hockey market because of the, you know, success the Raptors were having. But I, I disagree. I, I think people aren't interested because I think hockey's bad and they know it. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a reason they stopped going to hockey games from 2015 to, to the last couple of years here, you know, in 2016, 2017, you know, like, like they recognize bad hockey. They're, they're not like, there's, you know, like I think Vancouver fans get the worst rap in the world. First of all, because the Twitter's so brutal and it is. And, and I, and I hope people listen to this and understand, like you shouldn't be going on there crapping on people all the time because they disagree with you. Number one. Yeah. Um, number two, um, because we're such smart hockey fans and we are, we recognize and see things in games and we call it out. And, and in fact, all of Canada's like that. And that's why we, we get so angry at other teams when they, when they call out, whether it's BS or they see something we don't and, oh, well, that's okay. Like, like we're smart hockey fans. And I yeah. think that's what's wrong. I think that's what's really wrong right now. This is not good hockey to watch. It's not fun. I'm having more fun right now talking to you about <laughs> the Canucks in next season um, because of the potential than I am about, about um, four. And the Islanders are my second team, by the way. Like, they are my yeah. second team. And it is painful, like, so painful to watch because they basically just, they have all the talent in the world to, to be these offensive buzzsaws and they just aren't doing it. Yeah. And I, I was going to say about uh, Matt Barzell, like he kind of reminds me a bit of uh, how, you know, Gabrick in Minnesota with Jacques Lemaire and he, yeah, he did score goals, but I find that Gabrick would have scored a ton more if he was in a more wide open system. I see that same thing with Matt Barzell, the speed and skill that guy has, he will never be a hundred point guy in that mark in that on that team as long as they're playing that hockey. Um, and he's probably one of the fastest forwards in the NHL. And I don't think he's ever going to hit that potential unless the coaching changes and the system changes, but that was just a comment. Well, again, it's, it's, it's the system. No, no, it's the system. Right. And I think that's, I think that's one of the things that we should be grateful for too, with, with Travis green is he's, he is a very, you know, systems coach and, big on his matchups and, and that's what I'm saying like he's earned his he's earned his contract renewal he's he's earned an extension he he's gone outside his own comfort zone and as 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 fans we've seen it he's 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 done those things he's willing to make those changes there's no way you're going to get that with Barry Trotz it's just not happening no. he's won a cup that way he's had success in Nashville he's had success in Nashville going down that road I mean imagine where Nashville would be had they not played that hockey with the with the remember the defense that they had when yeah. Barry Trotz coached there and the offensive players that they had. And, Peter Forsberg. You know, and you know, yeah, 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 Paul Forsberg. <laughs> yeah, and all that. And, and, but don't, don't try and score unless, you know, unless it's like, you know, you're not going to get caught out of position. And, and, it, and it does mess with you as a player. It messes with your ability. And that's why I said about, but way back when, about Hoglander, Godet, um, you know, if Pod Colson comes, just let them, you've got to let them be who, you, who they are. Yeah. You, you can't try and force them to be something they're not. We've seen it with Brock Besser 
he's played a better two-way game, but what's the what has been the sacrifice of that? It's like goal scoring. He's it's not goals. scoring as much. Yeah. Yeah, so. exactly. And 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 so you you can't have it both ways. You literally can't have it both ways. You either have him as a 35, 40 goal scorer and allow him to do that now, or maybe you do move on from him if you're more comfortable with uh, a 10 goal scorer up there who's going to be defensively responsible for you. Yeah. And what I'm hoping with Green is that he he shifts his his um, thinking like Vigneault did uh, when he just figured out that, oh, I have a team that can just outscore teams. And that's what Vigneault figured out. We, we forget Vigneault was a very defensive-minded coach when he first got here. Um, and he became more of a wide-open system type coach as he got the horses to do it. And I think as the Canucks kind of get that, I hope Green kind of figures out, you know, I have the talent. I've got the skill that I can run three lines and, and just say, go out in there and score. Make sure that the other team has to stop you. Don't worry about, um, you know, stopping the other players. They have to stop us. Oh, I think that's an amazing comment. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I, in fact, I remember when, when um, I, I was like, oh, I hope they get Quenville. Like, I wanted Joel Quenville for the Canucks so bad. Like, I, yeah. I wanted him as their coach so bad. And when they decided to just stick with Quenville, I'm like, oh, or with Vigneault, I'm like, oh, this is going to be horrible because, you know, they're just, they're, he's just not playing to their strengths. And, but exactly like you said, he decided to, okay, if this is the team we are, then we're going to open this up and we're going to make these teams, we're going to make them do that. Mike Gillis told him that too, said, no, these, this team is going to push the pace. This is the team that it is. Push the pace, put the puck, push the puck up the ice. Well, guess what? That's who this Canucks team is. It, yeah. it, and, and they got two games where their, their goalie saved their bacon. And he saved their bacon, obviously, in the third one, too, in game seven. Don't get me wrong. He, he did save their bacon. But, you know, they just they had no gas left. Yeah. You can't play that way. You're not going to win a Stanley Cup by relying on your goalie to that, to that degree. And as a team, they need, to, they need to recognize that. I think Green will recognize that. I think the team knows that they're going to have to push the pace. And uh, again, that's, you know, the team that I, that I kind of put together, that's, you know, all of that was kind of this whole conversation we're having right now. That's what was designed to go into my, uh, into the team that I put together and why I think that that's the, the right way to go. Yeah. So that's a great discussion. I'll, I'll unveil a bit of mine next week, but uh, I think it's going to probably be pretty similar. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's going to be a great discussion as the, as the off season goes is, you know, there will be changes. We know Benning's going to have to do some stuff and, and there's going to be great discussion about that as it happens. And we also got the draft coming up. We'll see what Benning does there. Um, trying to recoup some draft picks, which he has come and said he does want to do, um, you know, and, and that's where those things are going to come into play because they, he does have some assets that he could trade to get some of those picks, um, you know, back and, I don't think the Canucks are getting back in the first round, unfortunately, because they got to trade something substantial to do that. Um, but third round, I mean, another couple more picks later on. Second round, I'm hoping he can get back into because there is some talent that kind of bleeds into that. That's a whole nother episode kind of to talk about the draft, but that's coming up. There's a lot to talk about coming in this offseason. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. We'll have some no, guests. Okay. I was hoping to have another guy on today, but I mean, we'll get there. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And I, I think he has a chance to get to the second round. And um, yeah, we're, I'm, I'm excited. And I appreciate you giving me this uh, voice, Matt. I just want to take the time to say that to you because, um, you know, it's, it's easy for us to kind of post little quips on Twitter. But, um, right. you know, you, uh, you know, you giving me this voice has been a really good thing. I'm very appreciative of it. And, you know, I, people are more than allowed to disagree with me. I'm happy when people disagree with me. Um, but uh, I hope, uh, I sure hope I normally I seem to be kind of right on a few things anyways. I kind of seem to, to kind of have my bearings on this. So, yeah, you know, it, uh, and, and the sad part is the playoffs are playing out kind of how I thought they would except for the uh, Islanders and Capitals I actually thought the Capitals were going to be in the in this final the, these are the these are the teams I had in the finals minus Dallas because I didn't think they cared but like I said if Dallas actually cared they they could win the cup and here they are one game one game away from actually uh, uh, being in the final yeah well I'm not going to tell what mine mine was horribly wrong so <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i picked the avalanche so you know. i thought the i thought the avalanche were going to do a lot more i thought columbus was going to get a bit further but uh yeah. yeah that's just the way it goes it's good i didn't bet any money on it but uh, yeah that's yeah. a good thing that's right yeah that's that's that's, that's, that's the loan shark should be coming after you for sure 100 <laughs> percent. so yeah it's 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 great having you know having someone to talk to and not just myself and i'm you know grateful to you to have to have as a co-host because we have some great conversations so uh thank you to you as well thanks go canucks right. go go canucks go well we'll keep talking we'll have some great guests coming up uh as you all know we're part of the hockey writers podcast network as well so uh get on there there's some great articles coming down uh, from everyone over there i just like i said dropped the sutter article I'm going to be doing a few more of those types of things that probably do one on Vertanen of what teams could be interested in him. So um, look out for that. And yeah, thanks again for listening. Uh, we're getting up there in episodes. We're on episode 26 now. So um, it's, it's been a great ride.